Warning, Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, here Dancing it goes. around him, reciting <laughs> poetry. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. No. Why? <laughs> oh, well, big surprise. Oh, God. <laughs> Dead on the bathroom floor. Get <gasps> it? Oh. <laughs> Trez, what are you drinking? I am drinking. This is a bit of a throwback, but I ordered this tea again. Um, do you remember I talked about Kib? No. Really cool tea brand. It's very similar to Puka, but the branding is just a little bit more cool. Oh, Can't yeah? believe I said that. Sorry, no, Puka. No, no, don't cheat on Puka. I know. I know. But. It's uh, the chamomile, lemon balm, and lavender. And it sounds like it's going to taste like a soap, but it doesn't. <laughs> it's lovely. And Dan loves this as well. Oh. He was all about this, actually. Um, so I wanted to order it again. There's also spearmint in there as well. Oh, wow. That's a lot of flavours. I know, but and you think it won't work, but it does. It's really, really nice. I must try the other flavours as well soon. Uh-huh. What are you drinking today? Well, I am not drinking tea again. I am drinking, I am back on the kombucha. Oh, same brand? No, this time I've got this crazy ass looking thing. It looks like a pint of like old timey medicine or something. It's like a big brown glass bottle. Oh, yes, they do. They be in the brown bottles, yeah. It is called Health Aid Kombucha. And this flavour is... It's called Canaan Cleanse. Like cayenne pepper? I think so. There's a big pepper on the okay. side, so it's going to be fizzy. Ooh, cool. All right, let me... Um, the brand is Healthy It, or... Ooh! Wow. Oh, I can definitely taste the kombucha more than that other cheapy one that I had. Right. This is nice. What, it's got... The brand is Healthy It. Health, it? health, and then it's got a little... Full stop or something? Aid. A-D-E. Kombucha. Never heard of it. Must be. It's, I think it's American. It's nice. I like it. This is nice. Living probiotics, detoxifying acids, natural antioxidants, and cold pressed juice. Very cute brand. Their website is beaut. That's nice. And, Mm. well, I thought I'd fill you in on my Coco and Eve fake tan. Oh, yeah. How's that been going? Uh, well, for the price, like it's slightly above average. Like, yes. How much was it again? It was like forty or no, it was like twenty five. No pounds. All right, okay. Twenty five. Um, for a quite a big bottle, but um, it was mm-hmm. a bit um, what's the word? G- gunky, um, patchy. There was like quite no. a lot of. Yeah, I was very surprised. Like you know when it has um, seam in my inner elbow oh yeah what's that word you, do you did you kind of wake up with that in the elbow well just as it started to come in it went like that and then oh, just really yeah and then like the longer the day oh, and then the next day went it was all just very like um gunky you, you know what i mean and it was just like um, patchy really clinging and emphasizing those drier areas well i don't know it's the inside of your i've had that I've had that elbow thing before, though. I on know the exactly inside. what you're talking about. The inside of the elbow. Yeah, it's and it's like, like it creases. Yes, it creases. The back of your knees as well. Yeah. And Usually it's just, it'll happen to me overnight. 
I feel like yeah, it was like more I, topical. Like I prefer a tan that like sort of absorbs into the skin. 100%. That was just what I was about to say. It's probably because it was a mousse, right? It is a mousse, yeah. And I just think there's like too much physical product. Like yeah. they obviously put some like moisturizing agents to get it to froth up and go off creamy. So there's a lot of physical bulk. Yes. Um, and then it's like, where is that going to go? Yes. So it just gathers in areas. Like I'm a big fan of liquid tans. Have you ever? Yeah, yeah, used? yeah. There was one I think we used to use when we were younger and then they stopped it. Do you remember it smelled like coconut? <laughs> um, okay, should we get started? Let's do this. I'm intrigued to see what we're going to talk about. Today, we are going to talk about the Cambridge Rapist. Oh, great. Uh-huh. So, great. our intro has got a warning. It is the first word, so... Yeah, I was like, if that's in the name... Yeah, this is a second warning, oh, and you've probably seen it on the episode title, okay? Mm-hmm. So, okay. this episode was requested by our lovely Patreon... Toya Thornton. Woo, Toya! Yay, thank you, Toya. And Toya... Thank you, Toya. But this sounds like it's going to be horrendous. (laughs) This is so typical of Toya to choose an episode like this. This is... This is hardcore. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to do it. I remember she invited us around one night. She was like, um, hey, let's all chill and watch a movie. And we were like, okay, sure. And you know when it's like a big group of people, you don't really watch the movie. You're more like... I know, you're all talking. You're really just yeah. chatting and it's on in the background. But sure, she puts on... Mm-hmm. What is it? Is it the girl with the dragon tattoo? Oh, Jesus, and that movie was so intense. like so intense. <laughs> we're like, Toya, what the fuck are we watching? It's like, oh my God. Just like, oh. Like, just 10 minutes in, she's like, I don't know, being raped with a bat or something like that i can't remember it yeah and then she kind of like sodomizes your man that's right that's right. don't know what other what other way to describe it because i don't want to describe what actually happens yeah. oh. this is so toya toya i watched that in the cinema oh god you see it in the with, cinema with with people that i barely knew <laughs> i it was like the first year at uni and no you know in the first like few like week or so you're kind of meeting new people uh-huh. We're making new friendships and uh-huh. we were like let's go to the cinema together and like <laughs> not know those people and we sat and we watched these horrific things and we were really close to the screen oh and my it was god massive when it was happening oh god it was so intense oh yeah god. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's really it's quite i remember it being quite long as well it is it's like two hours it's like wanted, it's in a book. yeah i just wanted to get out of there i was like oh my god oh my god oh so god. intense yeah toya loves I all that not, horror and gore right, so okay. she does stylistically it's cool yeah like, like it's the dark like all of that but like i don't know it's <laughs> too heavy toy is heavy man heavy okay but um but yeah like so today is going to also be a heavy case okay oh, so okay. here we go all right peter samuel cook so i feel like i've heard that name Just have you put that out there Okay. You might have. I've heard that name. He's been referenced okay. in like other things and like movies and stuff. Right. Okay. So Peter Samuel Cook was born on the 17th of August, 1928. So it's like quite a while ago now, like 
nearly 100 wow, years. Wow, okay, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. All right. In Cambridge, England. Now, I couldn't find that much on his background. Other than he was working class, short, thin, heterosexual white guy. I don't okay, know. basic bitch. Basic, just, I don't know, just very average. But Stuck like your average guy. Yeah, yeah, average man, just like really short. Okay. Um, Like really short? Five foot four, which is very short for a man. So I was taller than him. Yes. <laughs> and Dan thinks I'm a midget. Jaren thinks I'm a midget. So just too. put that all into context. Jaren's like six foot two, and then he's got a th- <laughs> three. <laughs> You're the same height as me. Roughly, I think I'm like an inch taller. But like, Ugh. then Jaren's got like a three foot, a three foot, a three inch quiff as well. <laughs> so he's like, <laughs> so I didn't know what you were gonna say. All oh, right. <laughs> so. Oh, um, yeah, his hair is quite high. <clears throat> it's so thick, you see, so it just goes straight up. Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. Jimmy Neutron. Because <laughs> <laughs> he never got that before. Oh, He's God. got the glasses as he well. He does have the glasses. And he... Wait, did Jimmy Neutron have glasses? Yeah, and he loves to play computer games. No, wait, Jimmy Neutron did not have glasses. Are you thinking no, of Dexter's I'm Laboratory? Like, stereotyping nerds. I'm just, what? You're thinking of Dexter's <laughs> Laboratory. Oh, my God, I love that show. Dexter's Lab. Okay. <sighs> We anyway, watched that so much. I okay. put it on for the Peter. kids at work and they loved it. Anyway, sorry. Blah, blah. Oh, it's so good. It is good. I-, I think adults can watch it. Yeah, and the kids loved um, the sister's name. Is it like Dee Dee? And how annoying she was. Oh, I love Dee Dee. They thought she She's was so, so evil. funny. So it seems that Peter Cook started his criminal career from a very early age. Beginning with petty theft, escalating into being a talented and prolific cat burglar by his 20s. Due to his small and slight stature, Peter was able to slink into rich people's homes and rob them blind. Construction site co-workers had nicknamed him the human fly because of his agility and speed at climbing the scaffolding. Although he was... Okay, it's not so a cool nickname. The human fly? It's not a cool nickname. No, it's not cool. <laughs> is that the one with Jeff Goldblum? Yes, this is the 20s. Huh? Is this? It's not the twenties. You always get stuck with the first year. Damn it! I always <laughs> do that. We're in the twenties. No, we're in like the forties now. We're in like the forties, fifties. Because he's about still twenty. Still, I still didn't know what cool was back then. <laughs> Human fly. What? Oh. Although he was a capable cat burglar, he was caught and charged multiple times. One time he was caught. He was tried found guilty and sentenced to five years in prison. But while awaiting transportation to the prison, Peter jumped up, threw a trap door in the ceiling and squirmed his way out and escaped. (laughs) In front of people or what? I'm not sure. Nobody must have been looking at him. yeah. Left in the room on his own or something. It reminds like, me of uh, like whenever Ted Bundy did that, do you remember? I was just about to say that, yeah. That's exactly what he did, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like decades before. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, so he like, you know, and he was escaped. He was like on the run for like weeks or months or something. Yeah, that was wild. While on the run, Peter wrote a letter to the Cambridge News boasting that he had even returned to Cambridge while police were searching for him. He bragged in the letter, I am not worried now. Police, people, courts, nothing worries me now. Wow. Brag much. (laughs) 
These daring escapes happened multiple times. And by his late 20s, he was dubbed Britain's most wanted escapee. Oh, that's a bit cooler. It is kind of cool. Um, It's a shame he didn't just stay there, you know, just like stealing from the rich. I feel like you don't mind rooting for people. Because right now, I don't hate him. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's about to change. Okay. The thing is, is that I think Peter Cook enjoyed... I think he started to enjoy inflicting, like, pain on people. Like... Oh, I don't care. Yeah, I think in order to keep these endorphins high, he had to up the ante. In my opinion, he continuously, like, escalated his crimes. Mm. um, Like, you're going to see from the story I'm about to tell you. And although it was not reported anywhere... I think that he probably first got off on invading people's homes. So, like, in mm-hmm. the cat burglary. Like, he got a thrill out of it. And then eventually... Yeah, it wasn't just the loot or whatever. Yes. So, he was, like, in a mm-hmm. kick from the invasion. Um, mm. um, and mm. I would say... It's not reported, but I would say he probably then escalated to being, like, a peeping Tom. Okay. And if you think back in the day, like, the 50s... And like sixties, mm-hmm. stuff like that was not taken seriously. None of this is reported. Oh no, not at all. But no. I'm thinking he probably became a peeping tom, and then that mm-hmm. escalated into like maybe like light stalking and following mm, people. Yeah, because yeah, because eventually, at forty six years old, he went from okay. being a petty theft all the way up. To his first attack. Yeah, they're very different crimes. So I hear what you're saying. There probably was. Uh, I think he went from transition. theft. Yeah, from theft mm-hmm. to cat burglary, to peeping, to stalking, and now we're going to get into the rape. Yeah, it's kind of like I've been able to get into people's homes. I could yeah. do other things while I'm here. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like he already knows how to get mm. into people's homes. Mm-hmm. Okay. On Friday, the 18th of October, 1974, 1974, Tres. Okay, it's not the 20s. In the 70s, everything is... At 9.20pm, 20-year-old Jane is watching TV in her bedroom, naked and wrapped in a shawl. She is alone in the house, which she shares with a bunch of other female students who are all out for the night. No! Suddenly... The electricity in the house goes out and Jane is plunged into darkness. Oh my God. She feels her way around the bedroom to her cupboard by the door, feeling around for a candle. As Jane is rummaging in the cupboard, she can feel the bedroom door push against her. Someone was trying to get in. A second later, a man bombarded into the room He had a scarf wrapped around the bottom half of his face. Jane screamed loudly as he locked the door behind him. He told Jane to be quiet and if she did exactly what he said, he'd do her no harm. The masked man then forced Jane to lie down on the bed, holding her tightly so she couldn't move. He told her, I've got a very sharp knife and one silly move and there will be a lot of blood. The man then pulled out Jane's blouse from a chest of drawers and tied it around her wrist. 
He put a pillowcase mm. over her head and then he raped her. Peter Cook then stole her jewellery and money laying around the room and he left Jane while still tied to the bed. Oh. So Jane is not the woman's name. Because mm-hmm. I'm using her as the first example. Is it just Jane mm-hmm. Doe? Mm-hmm. Peter Cook followed a similar pattern in most of his violence against women. Thankfully, all of the women in this story do survive their attacks. Okay. Jane reported the intrusion and rape to the police, and the next day the crime was reported in the papers. Police asked for anyone who was in the area last night to please come forward, but this proved fruitless. With no DNA technology, not a lot of CCTVs about, and and definitely not in people's bedrooms, Mm. Mm-hmm. And with the victim not being able to see his face, Peter Samuel mm-hmm. Cook, reign of terror on Cambridge, continued for nearly a year. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Only two weeks after this first rape, on November 2nd, 1974, another 20 year old woman is raped in a similar way in a bedsit which is what we today call a studio apartment. Okay. Police are convinced the attacker is this must be the same man who attacked Jane Doe. The police decide to make an announcement and warn single women living alone to make sure their doors and windows are locked at all times. Cambridge Colleges set up a bodyguard service manned by the male undergraduates. I feel like I haven't heard of that happening. Well, I was watching, um, so I was watching this documentary. I can't remember who it was on. I don't think it was on Mm. Peter Samuel Cook. They were talking about how there was another rapist terrorizing a town in England. And Mm -hmm. so I was watching this documentary and it was a similar thing with rapists in England. And he was on the, he was like going around beating up women and raping people. And then the, Police were mm-hmm. like, okay, women have a curfew. You're not allowed out. Men are going to patrol the streets and stuff like this. And in the documentary, mm-hmm. the journalists and the feminist like activist people like mm-hmm. made like such a good point. They were like, this is a male problem. This mm-hmm. is a man raping women. When you do like put these rules in place, these rules in place, you're doing like three things. One, you're punishing women and limiting their freedom, even though they have done nothing mm-hmm. wrong to warrant it. Two, mm-hmm. you're putting men in a position of power and control over women in the 70s during a time of heightened tension and fear. Like you're giving men a lot of power. And three, what if you appoint the rapist as a bodyguard? <laughs> yes that's a good point you know and the feminists in this documentary they were just like this is men men should have a curfew Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be allowed out 100% then it's like any guy who's seen out at night Mm -hmm. he could be the rapist so Mm -hmm. pick him up the police pick him up and you might find your guy you're not going to find your guy by making the women stay in the house exactly how's that going to find him how's that going to work And, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's raping women who are inside their house anyway. 
Like the women are in the house. I shouldn't laugh. It's just the logic just isn't there. Yeah, there's no yeah, logic. You're so right. Yeah. They're just like, oh my god. They're in the house and they're like, stay in the oh house. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Oh, so infuriating. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> to be a woman. Back to the story. More rape. Only nine days later, on the 11th of November, Peter, wearing a wig and a blanket, which was wrapped around his body, attempted to invade the home of a young Australian woman living on Huntington Road. Why has he got a blanket wrapped around him? I don't know. I find this weird too. I don't know what's with the blanket. What a flipping weirdo. It never comes back into the story. What? (laughs) I don't know. It's like... I don't know. Like, I, is he wrapped it around him like a sausage roll or is it like a cloak? I think it's like a cloak. I'm not too sure right. what he was planning to do. To use it maybe as a net almost. Get some clothes. <laughs> what? And uh, a wig. And a wig. The yeah, wig. Wearing a blonde wig. That's to disguise his identity I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. The Australian woman struggles hard and fights back. She hits, she hits and beats Peter. Then Peter runs Good. off. <gasps> yes. No way. What a legend. Oh my God. Unfulfilled wow. and enraged by the failure of his last <gasps> attack. Two days later, no. the Cambridge rapist strikes again harder. No. An 18 year old university student is working late in a soundproof music room at oh. Homerton College. All is fine <gasps> until the lights go out and a man grabs her from behind. What the fuck in the in the college? In the college. Where's your fucking security now? Yeah, where are these male undergraduates that were meant to be manning the that doors? We can't we can't even be learning. Yeah. What the The man I'm in shock at that. <gasps> yeah. She should sue that university. Yeah, I don't know how he got in there. Peter then drags her, kicking and screaming. He shoves her into a shed on the college grounds. This time, frustrated from the failure of his last encounter, he violently beats the student. He beats her Mm. and then rapes her. About two weeks later, on the 8th of December, 1974, at 2am, Peter enters a block of flats through an unlocked back door. He sneaks into a bedsit, steals a pair of tights, then awakens the sleeping student. She wakes to a knife pushed against her throat. Oh my god. And with the horrible vision of a masked man. The man was wearing a horrific handmade leather mask. Ugh, handmade? Yeah. Yeah. Made from a leather, an old leather shopping bag. I knew you were going to say that. How did you know I was going to say that? I just, the DIY thing, like, I bet it just looks horrific. Oh, there's pictures. And, like, that just makes it even more terrifying. There's pictures. There's pictures. It is terrifying, Chris. This thing is so scary. Do I need to look at it right now? No. Wait until I tell you when to look at it. Alright. Handmade black leather mask. The mask covers his whole head. It has two eye holes. Like the back of the head. Like the whole yeah, like the whole head. Like a gimp mask. Wow, this is like a balaclava. Yeah. 
got mm. two eye holes cut out. Uh. And the mouth is a petrifying, it's so scary, zipper. Mm. It's a zipper. Uh, on the, on the forehead the of the, the mask, in white paint, was written the word, Rapist. Yes. You can look it up now. Oh my god, this person is proud of yeah. what they do. This yeah. person is not in any way ashamed of what they do. What? Did you look it up? Peter Cook mask. Ah! Yeah. Oh wait, okay, the eyebrows are a little bit Bryce? comical. There's like eyebrow well would you call them eyebrows maybe he was it looks it's like he drew on the eyelids above the eye oh, holes. i did can't you see the eyebrows i never noticed that yeah that's awful it looks like the boogeyman it from does. the nightmare before christmas it does that is exactly what it looks like yep that is horrible yep it, can you imagine you wake up to that it says rapist on it. Why? Yeah. I mean, you have to try and get into his psyche. Mm-hmm. Why would you write rapist on your own face? He gets off it. He loves it. What? He's getting off on it for sure. <gasps> this is like darker than American horror story crap. Yeah, because this is real shit. Yeah. Oh it God. dark. Wearing the mask, Peter Cook then forcibly drags the young student out into the garden. He then ties her tights around her eyes, blindfolding her, and rapes her. Before Mm. he leaves, the attacker tells her not to go to the police or he will come back. Thankfully, she did go to the police. With five violent attacks on women, the police assembled a 20-man task force. Led by two male detectives, both of whom had daughters in their 20s. Hundreds of posters appealing for the public's health, help and to please come forward with any information were printed. But the Cambridge rapist would strike again. Hmm. And that is where we will leave this episode. Oh, I hope it doesn't go on for too much longer. hope he's caught fairly quickly. How many victims at this point did you say? Five? We're at... Five attacks for rapes. Oh, attacks, yes. And one was yeah. unsuccessful. It felt like that went by really fast. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it was like more than the Didn't average it? amount of words that we normally read. Was it? Yeah. But yet it felt fast. It felt really fast. Maybe it's because I wanted to get it over with. Like, <laughs> Tres is like, you know what I mean? Not interjecting, just like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, yep, yeah, all right, get it, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I don't know, I think it is because as women, it is one of our biggest fears, you know? It is. Just, it just angers me that, like, oh. I wonder, but, like, do you think he stalked these women before? Because, like, you don't want to, like, enter a room and it's, like, a really, like, strong woman or, like, it's a woman with her boyfriend. Like, he had to be stalking these people. That's what I was saying at the so, start. Like, yeah. it definitely went... Like, it, you don't just jump straight from theft into rape. No. Like, he is definitely stalking them. Yeah, you don't just, like, walk into a room. You don't know who's yeah, going to be in exactly. that room. Exactly, yeah. Do you, you know, like, like, yeah. It's definitely tied to so, he loves the invasion. Cause, he like, tends we, to get them when they're alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, we read Trevor Hardy last time was picking uh-huh. women off the streets 
you know, mm-hmm. not really planned. He's all about planning and stalking and invasion, making sure yeah, that the home. Because you're right, there are, there will be women. Yeah. Much easier to get them when they're on the street. Yeah, out and about. I'd say most of these women probably are locking their doors, but he's getting in some way, some window, or yeah, picking the locker. I know how he's getting in. Oh, so scary! I check my door every night. Like <laughs> I am compulsive when I walk past the door. Uh huh. I just like check it. What, do you do that? Your bedroom door? No, my front door of my apartment. We have like a big gate in, like, Ch- in China. There's big metal gates on the outside. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. I We just have like a door. Like it's just like a wooden door. And like at nighttime, uh-huh. I like walk past the door and I just like check the handle. I'm like check it, check it, check it. <laughs> it's like OCD. Like Dan's like, you already checked that. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I know that, but my brain doesn't know that. Like I have to just check it. Yeah. Because we, we had that psycho downstairs. Oh yeah, how did all that go? How did all that go? He's had no more ruckuses or parties. Oh well, that was the main complaint. He was so loud. Oh yeah, like Dan just went down to ask him to turn down the music, and near took the head off him. Nearly got Dan, nearly got beat up. He said he was going to throw him over the balcony. Oh fuck! Oh my god! Yeah, so dramatic. I know Dan could have took that to the police. So obviously we didn't. But like you know, someone threatens to throw you off a balcony. That's like threatening murder Nah, you can't bring that to the police that could just escalate things yeah no that's why we didn't but we were like if it does like if he's aggressive with him again then yeah, we probably then, would have yeah. to do something you know, you know but yeah. like we were like give him a one-off and he had this little like sign up on his door on the front of his door of his apartment saying cctv in operation that's the front of your home door <laughs> <laughs> something you'd have on a business or something was there cctv mentally well was there cctv dan was like he, dan was like i'm not sure <laughs> where surely he has really... to ask if he can install it in the hall <laughs> like a little sign he picked up in poundland or something <laughs> oh, like beware of the dog he's a real weirdo and he burns stuff all the time then he puts his like burnt like saucepans and frying pans he puts them like outside what i guess because they're because they're making the smoke alarm go off inside so he'll like put them outside and he put then he just leave them outside for days <laughs> oh god like the rain going into these like manky pots oh god and then he had the flipping pickaxe in his back his garden is got pickaxes and burnt frying pans. This in the guy garden. sounds like, like he's going to be in our podcast someday. <laughs> yeah, he's frightening, Miriam. Oh my God. He's, I remember I looked through the wooden slats on the balcony mm. above his apartment and I looked down through the slats into his garden and I seen the pickaxe. And this was like a couple of weeks after the incident happened. Oh my God. So I was freaking out. Uh-huh. Like seriously freaking out, yeah. I wish I had a lock on my bedroom door. There's only a lock on the front door. But yeah, I think I think he's over it now. I think we're all good. All right. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Yes. Goodbye. Rate, rate, rate review, yeah. subscribe. Yeah, we haven't got any ratings in a little while. More stars, please, and thank you. Love stars. It only takes a second to go on. Give us a star. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Slana Walia. Bye-bye. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.